Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode number 27, where we'll be talking about the new episode, Keeping It Together. I'm GC13. I'm the one, the only, Ken Davis. I am neither North nor South, I am Dodge, Dakota. <laughs> so, just, you know, since I always like to give my quick summary of the episode, I'm going to say in case anyone was wondering if this ep- this one was an ew or a yikes, it's definitely a yikes. I have no idea what that means. I'm Danny Phantom. He was just 14. Oh my gosh, these references. Before we talk about this episode... We have unfinished business that I need to address. Here it comes. In the last podcast, something you may not know, listeners, is that we record quite a bit of audio that doesn't actually make it into the podcast because we are messes of human beings and we just ramble on about anything (sighs) and everything. In the last podcast, I made a wonderful reference that one GC13 decided not to include. He noted... Malachite was not going to come back on a Tuesday, and of course, I responded, Malachite's coming up on a Tuesday. That's for you. (laughs) You see, GC? I've still never heard that song before. No one cares! No one's heard it! It's still there. (laughs) There was a debate reference in the podcast before the last one. It was still there. And that song wasn't. And thank you to whoever posted uh, a review about us on Know Your Meme. I appreciate that. We all do. We all do. And to everyone who has reviewed us on iTunes, please review us on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ken can't thank anybody, so, uh, you know, don't take it personally. <laughs> GC, I know this episode probably crushed your spirits. Started off by talking uh-huh. about Peridot, and uh, things didn't go so well, or at least not the yeah. direction I know you were hoping for. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty rough. I mean, they, they, even, they even gave her the hand copter. I think it's still possible uh, she yeah. could join the Crystal Gems. I mean, what I'm thinking is going to happen, if anything, is Peridot isn't going to really understand what she was doing with those shards. She's going to think maybe they were like some kind of remnants, not shattered gems. And when she realizes what she did, she's going to be all like, oh my gosh, wait, that just happened? Eh. I mean, I'm still holding out some hope because she did have that brief interaction with Steven where neither of them were trying to hurt each other. And it does seem like this project was initiated well before she ever came to Earth and she was just checking on it. But... Eh, that moment was hilarious, by the way. Thank the interaction with Tara and Steven. All <laughs> of Peridot's expression. Peridot was on point in this episode. I like, I like how Steven versus no, then yes, then I don't know. Right. <laughs> what do you want me to say here? He's like, eh. So, and then Garnet calls out Peridot the same way she called out Slinka! Oh yeah. There's a lot to talk about in this episode. Oh yeah, Peridot's great escape. Something that something that I thought I was thinking about during this episode, why would Homeworld Gems not be able to fuse in the traditional sense? They can, they just don't want to. I'm just confused as to why they try to forcibly fuse the gems together. Well, I don't know. Garnet supposed that it was punishment for the rebellion, but Well that was Ruby's voice specifically. How do we know which one it was? The side of her face that was talking, and you could tell by the tone. Like, it, it threw me off the first mm. time I watched it through, but if you noticed, Garnet is going back and forth, left and right, saying different yeah, things. Yeah. When she's facing on the left side of the screen, looking outward, that's Ruby's eye. Um, and that's her speaking when she's facing the other way, it's Sapphire. I also thought that was interesting, um, and I'll talk about it. No, I'll go ahead and talk about it now, we can just cut it wherever. How we got a little bit more exposition on Ruby and Sapphire's character through that exchange. 
because in Jailbreak, I know we got a little bit more exposure from Ruby than we did Sapphire because Ruby was had more screen time, whereas Sapphire, we just knew that she was singing. Steven got out, and then she ran to Ruby. But I think there we got the real fury and patience that Garnet was singing about. I mean, I think that Sapphire was obviously flustered, but she was far more ready to be thoughtful about the situation than Ruby was, whereas Ruby had this more righteous indignation. And I think we could also see like a synthesis of those personalities in Garnet's character, how she'll be really thoughtful about something, and then she might still try and solve it by force. <laughs> but that was definitely Ruby and Sapphire talking, and I think that we can also like begin to tell that because they were starting to come apart. They were starting to like think about their own voices instead of like the synthesis of their voices that is Garnet. Yeah, Garnet was just so revolted and horrified that she was having trouble keeping it together. Uh, I see what you did. Mm-hmm. Title of the episode, guys. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's more of a weapons project, kind of like how they would normally use the gem shards to inhabit a, you know, to create a drone soldier. Maybe they're trying to go a little bit more advanced than that. I don't know. I mean, that makes some sense to me. But it does seem that this is what the cluster that Peridot was looking for actually turned out to be. You think so? Like a cluster of gem shards? Hmm. Because Garnet said that they were buried I th- together. I think so. Because she was checking, she was checking them right in in Marble Madness. The cores came out of the wall when she had the hands interfacing, so they were there right in front of us the whole time. So who put them there? Probably the homeworld before they evacuated the planet. The crystal gems never actually went down to the control room. They might not even have known about it. So it would have hmm. been safe for all those years. It's really interesting. I think it's interesting that gem fragments seem to have life of their own and that they seemingly, to some extent or another, seem to like correspond to specific body parts that the gems choose to take the form of. I'm assuming that's why we're getting like hands and feet and not heads or faces. Yeah, I mean, they're uniformly hands and feet. That's kind of weird. Yeah. But did you see with the, when the one with the four or five of them fused together? It was starting to take its form. You could see all of the silhouettes of humanoid gems, and they look kind of like pilot pearls, actually. I thought the same thing. I was thinking that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think think a lot of us caught that. It's very interesting, because they all look the same, but they're very different gems. I wonder if maybe once the gems... Because obviously, whatever they put um, in those little cylindrical rock things, whenever they put them in there, they obviously were fused together into a single gem like not a a gem proper that's going to come out and be its like own autonomous creature but like a single object of a gem so maybe that was the form that was like uh, i don't know um how, how would you say this a median form between all those different kinds of gems hmm. and i got the feeling that they were try they were trying to form their own bodies because you see they're still distinct entities but it's not like they're soldered together. They're they're joined together, but each gem is it, its own thing, like uh, like a conjoined twin right. almost. So maybe a, a more appropriate much, thing, much more sinister. Maybe a more appropriate to say thing to say would be that they were each the same class of gem. Um, I know I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but my 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 head right now is that amethyst. Um, where she fully cooked and Jasper are like the same class of gems. So they're going to have the same body type, like Pearl and Peridot. They're the same class of gems and they have the same body type. Anyway, like I think that would probably make some kind of sense of like how, why they all looked somewhat similar. I don't think that necessarily explains their hairstyles. Although like, well, I don't know. It might, especially if they were Pearl type gems. 
Yeah, because yeah, because whoever that was fighting Rose and sworn to the sword, whether that was an amethyst or a jasper, she had long hair. And I know we, of course, Amethyst has long hair now, but we know that she got that long hair presumably because she liked Greg's long hair. And before that, her hair was short. Well, she is depicted in the Watson and the Shark, you know, like painting as having long hair. So I think it just, she just goes with what she wants. Yeah. She doesn't think too hard about it. Because I know in that episode, what was that story for Steven? She had these weird black things on her shoulder that I'm not sure what they were supposed to be. These little black circles. But yeah, talk about nightmare fuel in uh, that moment when the gem was when the gems were trying to make their own bodies. Yeah, that was actually pretty scary, kind of intimidating. Uh, that moment specifically worked for me, but there are a lot of other the, all the other emotional beats in this episode kind of fell flat for me. Fell flat is such a harsh term, but I wasn't really affected in the same way that they clearly wanted everyone else to be affected. And judging by the fan reaction, it seemed like people really were sincerely unsettled by Garnet being unsettled. And I'm glad, but it, it wasn't working for me. Yeah, I think because there's the disconnect between Garnet's the one who knew and fought with these, you know, gems before. She hasn't told us that they used to be crystal gems, you know, at that point. We're just wondering, come on, Garnet, what, what, what's what's wrong here? So I guess that yeah. there, there is a disconnect. Did you feel like that was an info dump moment? No. No? I didn't either, but like once you say it like that, I feel like maybe that's how one could read it. No, an info dump is much much heavier. I mean, you can you can do exposition without it being an info dump. Right. I thought that was more of like a stream of consciousness, especially because she was starting to break apart. You heard Ruby and Sapphire's individual voices. That's yeah. how I was more wanting to read it. Even Pearl's even Pearl's explanation at the start of the episode wasn't really info dumpy because it, it it felt right in context. And yeah. actually, I did really like that bit of exposition because it kind of confirmed what we had figured about the kindergarten, you know, that it absorbs the life energy of the earth. There was no other explanation and it turned out to be right. Well, I thought it was interesting. Something that I hadn't thought of was that the gems are actually, what do they call those little uh, tube things? The injectors. I didn't realize the gems came from the injectors themselves. I was under the assumption that like the injectors put like some kind of fluid or something in the ground and turned gems that were already into the ground into gems. Like, that was what I was thinking happened. So I thought that was really interesting. I think, like, the really obvious thing we're going to be able to draw from this episode is, uh... I'm really enjoying Garnet's lack of stoic personality. I mean, she's still very stoic, but we get to see her smile much more than she ever did in the first season. Okay, so, um, I think, like, the biggest takeaway in terms of, like, an emotional gravitas from this episode was... One, Garnet's reaction at coming apart between Ruby and Sapphire, and two, that gem hand creature. Like, those were really big moments, but I think, like, there was some subtext here, like, for a really classy discussion on, like, consent with, in, in, in like, any kind of sexual intercourse. Um, because, like, obviously we've seen the parallels between fusion and sex in the past. And in this episode, Garnet talks about, like, they didn't agree to this. Fusion has to be, like, a, a consensual thing between two gems. And so I thought that was really cool, like, that, that extra layer here. Um, and that's not something that I've seen, like, this really classy, really good discussion of something that heavy since, like, Alone Together, where we had this, this really thoughtful discussion on, on consent again. So I think that's really cool, and I really appreciated that for this episode. Yeah, I definitely was picking up on that as well. I wasn't sure if that was intentional subtext or not, because if you kind of evaluate the metaphor there, it falls apart pretty quickly. I'm not 
And because it falls apart so quickly, I'm not sure if that was intended or not, but you can definitely still read that into it, and yeah, it delivers a good message either way. I mean, if it was intended, it's definitely a mixed metaphor. I'm not going to... I'm, it's not my intention to argue that that was the main purpose of that line of dialogue, but I know Rebecca said this at some interview in the, fa- in, in the past that she wants the show to have multiple layers to it, and I think that's definitely like a layered thing that you can take from it. Um Explain what you mean to me yeah, when you say that... That interpretation definitely sticks out at you. Right. And so what what I really appreciate wasn't that they had that discussion or that they had some kind of uh, talk about consent in this episode, but the really classy way in, in, which she, in which Garnet talks about that. Like, she is just so distraught because for her, Ruby and Sapphire, it's this really consensual, loving, fulfilling relationship between them and like they get so much more because of that with this it's like this really ugly thing it's it's not even like this abusive metaphor we get from malachi where you see like this abusive relationship between peridot and lapis it's almost like something that should be like this really wonderful amazing thing is taken and degraded down into nothing like it's this will and this force being taken from these gems and they don't have a choice now they are one creature and it was done in such a classy way it was very subtle, and like it's only going to be there if you want it. Show goes to dark places sometimes. I just really appreciate that. Like, yeah, you, you want me? You want me to brighten the mood a little bit, though? Please. You get. You guys know at the at the end when Stephen is talking to Garnet, and he takes the takes the laundry out because it's done. He takes the dry clothes out of the washing machine. How could you tell they were dry? Because his mind is the internet. Yeah, my mind is the internet. Because, well, for one, because the sock flies away and then Garnet grabs it and you know puts it together like you would socks that are done. Two, he's putting it into a basket, which one does not usually do when the clothes are not dry. And then three, he comes when he asks her how it's going. She says that you know the st- the clothes are still damp. You know, as though that's oh. what the dryer is for. You got it. So I don't know. I was thinking more like the clothes were in the dryer at the moment, and Garnet was saying, "Well, they're not done drying yet." Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. But it's the washing machine that they're in is the problem. It's a front-loading washing machine sitting right next to a dryer. Oh. But he takes them out of the washing machine, which, you know, has just finished drying them, apparently. Continuity error. I wonder if Peridot added that electrify whip function as a result of um, Amethyst tying her up on the ship. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering, did she upgrade herself during her time in the kindergarten, or did she always have these abilities? I actually did wonder that as soon as she, as soon as I saw the wall running. You would think specifically that if she had the ability to like electrify the whip that was tying her up, then she wouldn't have been caught on the spaceship. So I, I would assume that that at least is a modification. But in this episode, didn't she actually touch the whip with her fingers? Yeah, she she was able to get her hand out somehow. I don't know how she managed. She didn't do that in a jailbreak, though, because her hands were behind her back. She wasn't able to touch Mm -hmm. the whip. I mean, her fingers float, so you would still think she'd be able to, like, I don't know. No, you're right. Hmm. Good thought. But, uh, but dang, this episode, though. I thought it was interesting that we see Amethyst reading a book. I couldn't tell what type of book it was, but that just seemed out of character for her. Book? That isn't right. <laughs> I, I I thought it was very interesting the revelation that Pearl genuinely does enjoy you know doing the you know basic basic housekeeping chores around the house because Stephen comes up with the idea well here now Pearl doesn't have to do all this and Pearl subverts it and says no I'm gonna do this <laughs> right 
And the fact that this comes so soon after Pearl's, you know, singing that, you know, Connie, and therefore probably Pearl as well, is not built for fighting, and that, you know, the revelation that Pearl feels like nothing when she's not serving Rose, you know, are Pearl's menial service gems? You know, is this kind of what she's built for? I think that there's still some techie aspect to it, because, I mean, let's not forget, she built a spaceship. I'm still under the assumption that she was a, a classier Peridot. Like, yes, she's a techie, but rather than being, like, an IT nerd, she's a techie that also is a servant. Well, she's a techie from a different time. That's true. That's true. I can't wait to find more out about the home world. I mean, apparently, uh, according to an interview Ms. Sugar did a while ago, the home world was never particularly nice. You know, there's still a big mystery, and you always want to see a mystery get satisfactorily answered. What interview was that? Was that that e- um, EW interview? Uh, not the most recent one, but one a week or two ago. Yeah, one, one a few weeks back, like right before they announced the second Stephen bomb. And, you know, because she's talking about how it's very weird for, you know, a pearl, a garnet, and an amethyst, or a pearl, a ruby, a sapphire, and an amethyst to be living together like this. You know, usually the gem types don't mix. I remember that interview. I think it was with Newsarama. Yeah, that sounds about right. I- she didn't actually say that the homeworld wasn't particularly nice, though, did she? You get you get the implication that the homeworld was never nice, is maybe oh, an okay. appropriate way to say it. Fair enough. I mean, remember, the, the homeworld apparently did this clustering experiment right after the rebellion. This isn't this isn't modern tech geek homeworld, this is ancient utopian homeworld. You know yeah. that did that. So, I mean, never particularly nice people slash gems. Okay, so I think this idea can be essentially nerfed at this point, but coming into this episode, my thought was that, like, each diamond, and, like, this this thought assumes that the Rose's Peak Diamond Theory is true, that each diamond can grant certain powers to, like, their constituents or their followers or, or whatever you want to say, and one of Rose's powers that she granted to, like, the gems under her, under her lead was the power of fusion, but I don't think that's, that's true, of course, because we know that Malachite is a thing that exists. Yeah. I mean, Jasper disdains fusion, but she was still able to use it when she felt she had to. Hmm. I don't know, that cluster, like, why they were trying to cluster the gems, that is a question that I am very eager to see answered. Oh, I'm pretty sure that one's going to get addressed. Garnet's going to beat the answers out of somebody if she has to. Hmm. But yeah, rip Peridot and the Crystal Gems. I mean, I still want to see it happen, and I still see how it could happen, but... This was uh this definitely stepped the probability of that way down. I think it's still viable. I think that yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, the fact that Steven and Peridot stood there and neither of them attempted to attack the other, you know, that 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 keeps hope alive. But I I, I do think that it may be like a, a a bit out there, but it's possible that Peridot didn't realize what she was involved with, like what those gem shards were. I'm pretty sure she did. I'm pretty sure, well... Eh. Possibly. I mean, it's not inherent I don't know knowledge. if she knew they were crystal gems specifically, but she she knows that they are forcibly fused, or, you know, partially fused, gem shards. Yeah, she's gotta know. But the gem shards are still able to fight to establish autonomous forms. They just aren't allowed to. They aren't allowed to, or they're not able to? 
Hmm. I don't I don't think at this point there there can be a distinction. They want to, but they can't. They're trying, but something stops them. Whether it's a physical limitation or a, you know, magical compulsion, I don't think matters. I mean, the only gem we saw actually try and, and, and recover their forms were that huge clump of gems that were fused together um, into a single well, It's the clump. only one we saw gaining its form, too, so... Right, but if you think about Secret Team, all of those gems came out of the Rose, Rose's bubble, and they just immediately went to their limb. And sure, they were autonomous, like, moving around and whatnot. Yeah, they were their own limb, though. I mean, they can't project a full body, but they're their own thing. So... I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not trying to be contentious here. What is your thought behind why those gems who, unto themselves, they were just like individual gems clumped all together, why they weren't just trying to immediately grow individual limbs, why they tried to grow like torsos and, and, and heads? Mm. Because if the... I really don't know. If the idea here is that... I, th- I just think it's weird that it's nothing but hands and feet, you know, arms and legs. I mean, I, I know that it's the on, they're the only limb or only body parts that are really capable of autonomous motion, but you'd think you'd get at least one floating head out of the bunch, you know? Well, I'm thinking that rather than like each part of the gem corresponding to a part of the gem's physical body, I'm thinking that like you need a certain amount of mass to a gem to, for them to be able to form fully, right? So like if you just have a little bit of a shard of a gem, they might be able to uh, form like a really simple body part. The bigger the gem, the more body parts mm-hmm. they can form. And, and I think that if you look Jasper's at Jasper's uh, gem is pretty small. Well, right, but it's still like this in this whole gem. Like it's it's physically a, an entire gem. Yeah, it's one hundred percent of a gem. Yeah, right. So like a, sh- uh, a si- well, I don't know that that's a good a- like. Hmm. I just think we're gonna have to wait for more information on this one. I I think that now they're definitely going to revisit the gem shard thing because. Peridot, you know, taunted the Crystal Gems by saying she already got what she needed. So I, uh, I, I think that this was just the first step in something, and Pearl's going to, or Peridot is going to unveil stage two on us at some point, probably the mid-season finale. So I guess we will all see you tomorrow for We Need to Talk. Hopefully, it'll be a ah! less heavy episode. Oh, I Dakota's one of those people who's like really crazy about spoilers, isn't it? Only he? for the Steven oh, yeah. Bomb. I didn't even understand what you were screaming about. I was so confused. Only for now. Steven Bomb I've tried to be like this. Ah, I'm usually not. Usually I embrace the spoilers, but uh well now I know all the episodes, it doesn't matter now. Well, Dakota, you have to realize I'm the I'm the person who played through Knights of the Old Republic knowing the secret identity plot twist right from the start, and I thought it was just fine, so I can't really sympathize with you, especially since you normally don't mind the spoilers so you can't sympathize can you empathize get through a podcast without a bioware game reference not today ken not today so until tomorrow i'm gc13 i'm ken i am mighty peeved snake killed dumbledore our opening and closing music is by james roach for more steven universe fan related content please visit lunarcspire.com thank you for listening